Yes, yes. Uh, Jen Champ says we're late as always. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so shout out to everyone. I'll try to keep the intro as uh, short as I possibly can tonight. Uh, let's start with please go to hankstrange.com, sign up for our email list there. That is the best way to keep in touch with us. Lola also is doing Lola's deals on there. You can go under the Strangeaholics tab and find different platforms that we're on. I'm, I'm thinking about adding some other platforms. Maybe we could talk about that here as we get into the show. So, and we're going to be revamping all of that. So that's the big thing to do out there. So um, let me see. I'm going to leave it at that. Big shout out to Barra Knowles. Barra Knowles. Hold on. Let's see. I've got some subsonic 9mm. Let's see if we can get that to focus. Come on. Focus. Camera focus. There you go. 9mm Luger from Barra Knowles. Got some 300 blackouts. Come on. Ba-boom. 300 Blackout, FMJ from Bar News, Performance Steel Case Ammunition. Big shout out to them. Thanks for them for sponsoring the show here. I am going to load my guests into their perspective windows and smash the open. Here we go. Welcome back to the Hank All right, guys. Situation. Make sure that you hit Lifestyle that subscribe button, smash those thumbs ups, and ring the bell well, to be notified we go live. Ring the bell. There you go. I'm going to go easy on everyone with the bell. What's up to everyone? Okay, so we have a new guest here, Jacob of Beach and Tactical. We do jazz hands, Jacob. That's how we do it. Everyone has to do it. I All don't right. care. I don't care if you wore, wore a suit today. You still have no. That's not enough jazz hands, Jacob. Come on, let's see some more jazz, jazz hands. hands. Jazz hands. I don't. I don't really know what jazz hands are. <laughs> there you go. But, there you uh, go. Richard Hughes, let's see your jazz hands. <laughs> All right, there you go. Jazz hands. That's it. You. You can make up your own. You, you did good. You did good, Jacob, on the okay. jazz hands. All right. All right. This is episode 783 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. As I said, my guest is Jacob of Beaching Tactical, as well as Flying Rich. What's up, gentlemen? How are you guys? Doing very well. Yep. Uh, I was late. It's all my fault. I was late. These guys were not late at all. They were on time waiting for me, and I was completely late. Um, check this out. I think Rich, I think Jacob is the first dude to be on the show in a suit and tie, right? I don't know. Am I wrong on this? Someone, someone check the history books on that one. I don't know if we had anyone else come on in a suit and tie. So congratulations. Now, to you. Yeah. I'm the first one from an anti-Trump rally. Oh, you're the first oh. one. Yeah. That's yeah. a win. Yeah, <laughs> it's a win. He didn't get his ass kicked out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, one and all. Everyone, hit those thumbs ups. We've got to see those thumbs ups uh, popping out there. Please uh, get it going. Get it going. Okay. So, uh, where was I? I think I was apologizing for being late. Mia Koopa, Mia Koopa. You know, uh, I, I. Uh, I blame it all on me not being able to sign into my own software. That has oh, handicap. Yes. Um, so let's start out with this. Uh, Flying Rich, where are you dialing in from today? Because this is not your normal. Uh, Hughes Compound Northern Command in the uh, top control command center high, up, high atop the perch outlooking my domain. Okay. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really understand that, Jacob, but okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll get clarification on that later, Jacob. Where are you dialing in from here? This looks like a basement. Yeah, I'm down in the pit. Uh, this is where I make my rifle slings. I'm in Brownsville, Kentucky. 
All right, Kentucky. Kentucky in the house. All right, um, have you ever been to the um, Knob Creek? Knob Creek, Knob Creek. You ever went? I, I have. Okay, awesome. You know this Not year even... is the, the last year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? No, yeah, i uh, been there a couple times, not too far away from me. Okay, cool. Are nice. you going there? Are you going this year? Because it's the last year? Eh. Nah. Uh, okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Jacob, not impressed by Knob Creek, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Ray Bazzolo says, why is Walter wearing a tie? Uh, Walter's not this good looking. He's not this good looking at all. Uh, Latina Locked and Loaded says, Lola, best wife ever. Hank, you're a lucky guy. I'm not sure why that is being uh, put up there, but I guess I won't argue with it. You're, you're so awesome, Lola. You know that, right? Yeah. Oh, she no knows that. No you don't even have to tell her. Yeah. No answer from Lola. Okay. Um, all right. So, let, look, let's do this. Since we've got Jacob, he's new. Everyone knows about Flying Rich. Jacob, tell the folks out there who you are, what you do. All of that good stuff. Let's start off there. How you how you started doing this? What's the background? Well, um, depends on what this is. I guess I'm prior military. Uh, deployed at the 173rd Airborne uh, to Afghanistan. Uh, while I was in Afghanistan, I hated my sling, so I thought up a design for a new one. Uh, ended up making that. It it did quite well. Um, I also started a YouTube channel, which I thought was going to be mostly tactical. Uh, specifically tactics related uh and uh that's not necessarily the direction it went but i just let it uh take me wherever it takes me mm -hmm. and uh and i design knives so uh and i sell boutique goats wait hold on doing a little bit of everything boutique <laughs> what the hell is a boutique goat so uh it's a miniature goat a okay. Nigerian dwarf goat, mm. and uh, they give the best milk. They're really easy to keep, and uh, they're beautiful. So they're uh, really expensive. Do you have Do pictures? They faint? Yeah, no, the, no, yeah, those are fainting time kind. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't got any pictures uh, that I are, could grab here. Are they um, on your Instagram or something like that? Where's what Instagram should we go to? Uh, that would be the Hidden Hauler Homestead. The Hidden. Hauler. Okay, this is a lot of words for me to type, Jacob. The is it H O L L E R or H A U L E R? Yeah, is it Hala or Hauler? H O H O L L E R. Yeah, see, uh, Hank said Hauler, and I'm like, yeah, that's going to be wrong. Yeah, the, you yeah. got to translate. You yeah, they will translate from Kentucky. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hidden Hauler, what else? Like that sometimes. Yeah, what is Homestead. it? Homestead. Homestead. Oh, my Lord. Man, how many <laughs> things do I have to spell out? Okay, hold on. I was taking too long of names. Oh, okay. Let me it's go by account. I can't find it. The hidden... On Instagram? No. Maybe it's the the in there. Maybe it's... Yeah, it should be. Is it hidden? Because oh, I put the and it didn't come up. Maybe it's without the... Let's see. It's, hidden... uh, it's, it's probably oh. my smallest Instagram account, so it's probably oh, not I found really it. Trendy. I found it. I found it. Okay, here we go. I'm going to share that with the people. I'm going to follow it also. Uh, let's see. There you go. Oh, look at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. 
Okay, so is this as big as these goats get? No, uh, they get a little bigger than that. Uh, he was uh, probably about half grown. They only okay. get to about 40 pounds, though. 40, 50 pounds. Oh, okay. Oh, this is, you know, some cute babies. So these are expensive goats, these Nigerian goats? Yeah, they're uh, registered through the American Dairy Goat Association, and uh, we've got some really expensive lines from people that show them and stuff. So, yeah, mm -hmm. they're they're a little pricey. They uh, mm -hmm. uh, females now go for us for between six and eight hundred dollars. Whoa. Okay. All right. H Hank's a connoisseur of goat. How much were your goats? Uh, I don't know. Lolo, what did you sell the goats? It depends. Not for 600 bucks. If Lolo was selling those goats for 600 bucks, she'll still be selling them goats. Those goats would be getting sold every day. Now, I did live in Nigeria. That's as close as I come to the Nigerian. And I've seen um, the Nigerian uh, uh, like line of those goats as well, as well as the fainting goats. I've actually seen those fainting goats in person. And, those are uh, fun. Yeah, when you scare them, they... They sometimes run and then faint, or they just faint. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, um, they're they're yeah. I can just do that all day. <laughs> that that would never last in the wild. Yeah, I don't are, know. are they bred that way? Is that yeah? What is the deal with that, Jacob? Well, uh, like Nigerians, they were originally bred for uh, to be easy to keep and to feed predators. Oh wait, wait, are you saying Nigerian people or Nigerian? No, goats? Niger come on. <laughs> Don't start trouble, so, Richard. Don't start yeah. trouble. Wait, do you know who so I am? Actually, I, Have you met me? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. he hasn't met you. See, right. this is no, why he was, yeah. he was lucky at IV88 he didn't meet you. Because <laughs> you might have never come back from there. Uh-oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they wanted him to be easy to feed to, uh, pre uh, you know, alpha predators at the zoo. Uh, uh -huh. Now, you know, almost oh. any almost any animal is a fainting animal if you scare it hard enough. Okay. So uh, actually most of your dogs and other animals as well around loud explosions and other things will also faint. Uh, the fainting goats just do it a little easier. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, so have you ever seen, you know what? I'm trying to think has any, who on this panel has ever seen a person just faint like that? I don't think I, uh, have I, maybe I've seen, maybe I've seen a person faint, but not, like out of fright or something like that like you see you know you I, see in cartoons and stuff people faint I, I believe i had a loss of consciousness on my first plane crash uh-huh yeah have first you, plane crash yeah have you <laughs> regained your consciousness yet <laughs> did you ever get back to consciousness from that first one oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah. The, don't start don't start rich down this path yet okay jacob let's not <laughs> let's not derail the show uh okay <laughs> okay so it sounds like you, you have a bunch of stuff you you did your your time how long were you in in the you were in the army you said army just four and a half years four and a half years um how how was your army time did you uh it was it was uh well I guess that's a little bit of a complicated question. I got mm -hmm. hurt. I wanted to stay in and change jobs so that I could uh, continue to be a good soldier. Uh, I figured it would be better to be a good pogue than a civilian. Uh, mm -hmm. Didn't work out. But, uh, you know, it was uh, a lot of valuable life experience. Um, 
I uh, did some interesting jobs. I worked with Coist, so I was an infantryman, but I worked directly between the commander and our military intelligence to get uh, information and up and down the chain efficiently. And uh, I also worked with uh, PSYOPs and ODA uh, a bit while I was over there, uh, which led me, I actually got a bachelor's degree in Homeland Security and Domestic Terrorism. Uh, and I thought that that education path would lead me uh, to a federal agency, uh, but instead it uh, certainly pushed me away from any type of federal agency. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Did you have a question there, Rich? No, I, and I, I was, well, yes. So I, I'm guessing it's because your political affiliation that it pushed you away from federal agency employment. Uh, political affiliation, but also um, the way things started making a little more sense at home, uh, the direction that I believed that our government was taking us uh, uh, was a, a direction that I didn't want to be a part of and I couldn't be a part of, uh, you know. Okay, all right. Would have just gotten dead. Okay, so um, I, I, I'm sensing that there's a, a, some things in there that you don't want to talk about too much, right? Or, or maybe we're not like figuring, because I, I thought maybe you got injured and then, and then you decided you didn't want to get in there. But philosophically, there were some things that um, that you and who was who was in the White House at the time, or who was running politics at the time? Was it uh, Republicans or or just? It was the, Obama. Okay. Uh, that wasn't really. That didn't have much with um, getting much to do with getting out. Mm-hmm. It had more to do with um, you know getting a degree in Homeland Security. And then not putting it to use, uh, not mm. looking for a job in that field. Instead, uh, you know, I moved out to the country, kept mm-hmm. making my rifle slings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the so uh, it, and it's been interesting, the YouTube channel progression through this. I thought it would start out with tactics. Mm-hmm. Then it went to knife reviews because for some reason that just stuck with me. I was doing survival trips. I went out uh, for history channels alone for the boot camp for that, for survival stuff. I uh, got involved in, in the survival industry a little bit and, uh, and am constantly trying to unplug more as opposed to uh, originally my career path, I thought would be um, staying within the government. Okay. So, um, I, what I'm sensing here, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to get it out of you. Um, was it that like after all these laws got put into effect, right after nine eleven, etc. You know, even, and I mean that happened under that happened under uh, W, right? Bush. But they kept yeah. they kept uh, they kept to me dismantling Patriot the Constitution. Act, yeah. yeah, all those things. Was it all of that stuff that you're like, hey, I don't this is not really why I wanted to get into military service. So that's not what I wanted to do. Did you sense like that we were losing freedom? Am I anywhere? On yeah, the right yeah, path? yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and, um, you know, as a soldier, you have, you take an oath to defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Uh, mm-hmm. no soldier has kept that oath. Um, mm-hmm. 
the oath that every soldier has taken is directly and intrinsically tied to the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment only has value if it is used, which it has not been, which is why we don't have any of it left. So the problem is, is I saw through working a little bit with PSYOPs and military intelligence and then learning about domestic terrorism and homeland security, how we were being manipulated regardless of who was in office. There's a, you know, um, if you're, if you're looking for certain things, you really can trace, uh, a path towards, uh, I'm just going to say a universal government that goes back way further than what people would assume. I mean, world war two, world war one, Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. It's and kinda, so. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, it just uh, not only do I have no interest in being a part of it, not only do I believe that my values would be a hindrance to me if I followed down uh, a career path for a federal agency, but I think it, it, you know, it would be nothing but dent- detrimental to my mental health, if not, of course, my physical health. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to get Hillaryed, so <laughs> I don't want to get suicided. You don't uh, want cankles? Nobody. <laughs> no cankles. <laughs> oh Lord, which one is worse? <laughs> you know, I'm probably living with cankles. That's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so Ghost Tactical says uh, the Patriot. Uh, shout out to Ghost Tactical, by the way, and he's shouting. Uh, he's shouting you out as well, Jacob. Uh, he says Patriot Act was the single most dangerous law we ever passed. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, as I understand it, the Patriot Act was reinstated and bolstered um, by Donald Trump, and I don't know that that's a direction that we want to go down. But mm-hmm. um, what I tell people and what my message normally is that where conspiracy theorists get it wrong is they try to give you an answer. Mm -hmm. You can't give an answer about something that you cannot and will not ever get information about. The key is knowing and accepting that you're being lied to and manipulated and what you do about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of that made you say, like, what, you were going to try to get off grid more, try to be more independent, work for yourself kind of a thing? Yeah, yeah, and really look at mm-hmm. – I've always had a, a Christian mission to spread a message, but it's kind of all come together. And, uh, you know, if I can get a, a couple people to turn the lights on uh, and to question the typical things that they've never questioned before, I want to do that. And I want to be a part of figuring out the solution. Um, I simply have not figured it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's, uh, I think that's a good answer for me. I don't know, Rich, if you, if there was anything else you wanted to know in there. No, cool. You know, it sounds like you're a patriot and, uh, this was going against your values. Yeah. Think it for yourself, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think once you, and the bigger thing though, is as a veteran, if you uphold, if you want to uphold your oath and if you're looking at the issues that I'm looking at, then when you start looking at other veterans who start getting famous, who start big businesses, who start getting political and working directly with politicians, and you see the stances that they start to take, that's when you should really start asking some questions because what did they do in the military? Who were they working for in the military? 
and who are they continuing to work for? Mm-hmm. Um, and what and, side are uh, they on, right? Like, you know, probably their exactly. own side, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, the problem is you you attract more uh, flies with honey than vinegar, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone is going to fundamentally change the Second Amendment community, uh, the patriotic community, they have to do it from the inside. Mm-hmm. So who is working in our community who could be detrimental to our own values. And, you know, that goes right back to what 1936 with the machine gun ban and some other stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. you so know, you're saying like the folks making compromises and things like, like, you know, let's just be reasonable. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the, you know, what kills me is the, the people who are really pushing that we have to be united to get anywhere. Uh, the problem is um, being united is great, but I'm not going to be united as a slave or under a communist nation. Mm-hmm. Liberty has to come first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of that um, led you, and, and we can get more in, in depth in this if uh, folks want to out there. I see a lot of people talking about the slings, and I am going to throw up. Um, let me get the let me get the uh, your page. Yeah, don't throw up, Hank. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Not gonna do that. Here I'm gonna go to Beaching Tactical is where you're gonna find it. Beaching, right? What's yeah, the name? That's right. what's, what's the name come from? My middle name is Beach. Oh, um, no, no, no. actually, before my. Uh, before getting my degree and learning some of this, I thought I was going to make uh, longboards, big skateboards, and that was beaching boards. And so oh, that name <laughs> worked. That worked a little bit better than beaching tactical, but it's too late now. So yeah. So here's the website, guys: beaching b e a c h i n tactical, beaching tactical. And um, uh, there's several things up here other than the slings, but for sure. Now, I actually do have your slings. You sent me your slings a long time ago. I don't have them with me just because today was a what I, uh, you know, technically, clinically referred to as a batshit crazy day. Yeah. (laughs) You know, know, I've always I've always got one on hand, but, you know, uh, I I was counting on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Right. Right. Um, it's. I believe that it's functionally unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep one on uh, every AR across the house, besides the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the thing, the thing that we have to let you know is that uh, ultimately we can, you know, uh, some people don't like us showing the actual, you know, the oh, actual oh. guns here on the show. Uh, bang while, bang. Yeah. While you're, while, uh, and then here's another thing that came up. We'll we'll get to that here in a second. We'll sh- we'll show the the My stuff bad. here in a second. Uh, Kevin the Tack Daddy says, uh, "What does he say? Name names." <laughs> That's uh, people in the gun community who are infiltrators. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you do you know Tack Daddy? Nope. Oh okay. Yeah, Tack Daddy wants you to name names. So. Um, do you want to get into that? It's up to you. I don't, you know. I mean, Evan Hafer is easy. Um, mm-hmm. I'd put Matt Best right there. I'd mm-hmm. put the entire NRA there. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. At least historically, if not presently. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. say presently, but mm-hmm. uh, we've got some, some track record to talk about. Yeah. Evan, um, Evan Hafer, is that the guy from... Um, Black Rifle. Black Rifle Coffee, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, crap. Oh, uh, Tim Kennedy. Um, you get me just getting warmed up here. I've got to yeah. do a bunch of videos on. I've done a video videos on a lot of this, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if as you come up with the names, we could get into it. I was gonna, I was gonna get into that at, at a later point. I wanted to get into some of the stuff that you have. We could do it now. We could get into it now. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried about having the conversation at all. Who did you just say, Tim Kennedy? Yeah. Who was that? He, I believe, owns Ranger Up Apparel. He's mm-hmm. constantly being pushed as a pro to a advocate. Mm-hmm. I believe he runs a training school. He just did uh, classes with J.P. Sears, the uh, the redheaded comedian. I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I know the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. 5.11 was uh, pushing an advertisement for Father's Day really hard that I'm assuming a lot of you saw where he's wearing a tactical apron. That's ten- Tim Kennedy. But he's, he's okay. a little bit of everywhere. Okay. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, he did a, a interview with Lance mm-hmm. Armstrong, and Lance Armstrong's like, "Well, what are the things that you think is wrong with this country?" And he's like, "We need gun control." Oh, wait, and, wait. Uh, wait, Tim Kennedy, dude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh. Lance Armstrong was like, "I didn't mm-hmm. expect you to say that. I didn't expect you to be a communist." Oh. And uh, <laughs> he's talking about okay. how nineteen-year-olds don't need guns and this and that and the right. other thing and the. the um, the problem that I'm seeing come up a lot, and it's actually mm-hmm. coming up right now. It's something that's really concerning me. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I see a lot of conservatives mm-hmm. um, mocking uh, libertarians on the Second Amendment, uh, coming off like legitimately fascist. Mm-hmm. So. And that, that was actually something that really concerned me about four weeks ago was people like openly on social media claiming yeah. fascism, people that I followed and I agreed with a lot of the things that they said and they come out talking about fascism and how it's hilarious to say that a um, convicted felon or a pedophile or all of these other people that they don't want you to like – uh, shouldn't be able to own guns. It's laughable to say that anybody who's not in prison has the right to own firearms. And the problem is it's a slippery slope because if you decide where you want to draw the line based on what you're comfortable with, what you are doing is empowering someone else to draw their line in the exact yep. same way, but in a different place. It's either a right or a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so we have these conservatives who have have often displayed conservative values and logical thinking coming out against rights. Mm-hmm. And that, to, to be open about that and uh, is, is shocking to me. In fact, uh, you know, one of my most popular business shirts that I used to sell says, I hate communists really back, really big on the back with my business logo. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering like, how, do I need to incorporate fascists in this? If I just say statists, do I lose the the kick? Like, mm-hmm. is it going to still work? But um, yeah, the I problem think- is, is that mm-hmm. whether we 
whether we whether fascism wins or communism wins, everybody's still a slave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things here I want to deal with. First of all, I know I know Tech Daddy. Tech Daddy seems I don't know whether he knows you or not, but he seems to uh not be a big fan of yours. So he says Tim can uh Tim would eat this guy for lunch. I guess t- uh Tech Daddy knows the Tim guy. And uh CB says Tim Kennedy said no to AR15 with Lance Armstrong and Special K says Tim Kennedy said people should not have any ARs. Um, uh, Tim Kennedy is also a mixed martial arts fighter, so I, I'm not going to be offended if someone uh, is going to point out that he could uh, eat my lunch, if that was his term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I'm not uh, foolish enough to think that if I was going to pick a fight with someone like Tim Kennedy, that uh, mm-hmm. it would be a fair fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tactics, mindset, tactics, skills, gear. Yeah. And then Tack Daddy, and I'm trying to get, I'm trying to give him a voice here. Uh, he says you'd be surprised how many people you idolize in the male world. I don't know what that means. Would secretly believe in certain restrictions, and I'm not. So, um, no, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I, I agree. I got a PM from somebody, Hank, and I know, uh, and it says I served with the Tim oh, Kennedy Mil- guy. Was a douche. Oh, okay. Not yeah. liked by many until he got out after very limited time to pursue MMA. Mm-hmm. Then the SF National Guard scooped him up for recruiting. I actually agree with the guy. Wait, I actually agree with this guy on Tim. I won't say much, but the dude was is a douche. Just became popular because of the MMA. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't even know wow. who. I don't even know who Tim Kennedy is. I'm gonna have to look that up. I no, yeah, I, I had no idea either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know what? I think okay. So the overall, let's 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 focus on that this particular point that you're making, right, Jacob? Um, yeah. And make sure I want to make sure that I'm getting it right. You're saying that um, there's a lot of guys in the gun community in the gun world that say they believe in freedom and stuff like that, but ultimately. Um, they don't really believe in it enough, right? They have certain lines on where that freedom is going to go. And those lines that they cross into, you know, makes, sets them up to really be fascist, right? Because you're saying they believe in these rights for themselves, but not for other people. Am I? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Mm -hmm. the... The problem is, is that we have confused supporting private gun ownership with supporting the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. They are not uh, equivocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot say that I support the Second Amendment, but so um, I okay. would be happy to have a logical discussion with anybody. Really, I like mm-hmm. uh, discussion, mm-hmm. and uh, but. Uh, just be honest if you don't support the second amendment start with i don't support the second amendment because i believe that felons rapists and whoever else should not be able to own firearms and we can start a discussion from that point that is honest and that Mm -hmm. is potentially productive uh if someone besides me is arguing uh 
But the, if you support the Second Amendment, the line is in the sand already and you don't get to move it. It's there. That's what the Second Amendment is. Yeah. So so let me put it to you this way. I think that when people are having these kinds of discussions, everyone's on different levels. Okay. Yeah. And everyone has different levels of understanding. So a lot of times what I try to do, because even, you know, for me, I, I like this kind of conversation, right? Because we learn. Maybe, maybe sometimes like maybe someone says something like that and they don't really understand what they're saying. I see this like the conversation you're talking about is people who say, OK, I believe in the Second Amendment. But you know what? If a guy was a felon and he's out there now, I don't want him to you know, I don't think he should have guns. And people ask me that all the time. I think the last time on this show, someone asked me that was um, I think that was Vince Sheffaloo. The guy who was a former ATF agent, and he was like, "So you're saying you want these guys? You know, this guy's a felon, and he should have guns." And I was like, "If the if the person paid their price, if they paid their debt to society, <laughs> they should be able to defend themselves. Why not? If they didn't pay their debt to society, why are they with the rest of us? Well, they're safe. They let them out of jail, right? Yeah. Well, I I mean, <laughs> what's the, so what's here's, the answer I, here? <laughs> I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind on this because, uh, you know what? In Florida, they're voting, and it, that was just a Democrat scheme. That was a Democrat plot mm -hmm. to get more Democrat votes in Florida. And I want to shove it down their throat. I want felons, former felons, released felons, to have the right to keep and bear arms. F mm -hmm. them. You know what? If one right is good enough to be restored, then the other right is good enough to be restored. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, and so I, doesn't shouldn't this question start off if if you make if like, first of all, how many laws do we have and what laws should take away your freedom from you? Right. If you violate what law should you lose your freedom? So mm -hmm. I think I don't know if anyone would argue this. We probably we have too many laws. OK. And then there's so many of these laws that you lose your freedom. OK, so now you lose your freedom, you become a felon. You could become a felon for real easy things. There's for sure bad things in the world. So let's say you do something really bad. You become a felon. And at some point, the system, whoever it is, decides they're going to release you. Have you have you paid your price, your debt to society or not? It depends on the crime, but I think ultimately what the question for me is, what is the right difference between a right and a privilege? Mm -hmm. So the government the government wants to have all of these laws, but they don't want to pay for the prisons. Mm -hmm. So we create this revolving door system of recidivism uh, mm -hmm. where you get out of prison, but now it's going to be harder to get a job. It's going to be you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do the other. At the end of the day, uh, rights are inalienable. Mm -hmm. They are God-given. They are not given by governments, which means a government can't take them, which means that felon still has his Second Amendment right to carry a gun everywhere that he goes and to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So either he needs to do it his own way, he needs to leave, or he needs to, you know, I guess, mm -hmm. decide to go belly up. But the problem is... Legally, our nation is supposed to be bound by rights that are given by God and inalienable, which means if you aren't dead or you aren't currently being punished in prison, if you are free in society, they cannot be taken away or hindered to any degree. Yeah, the thing that separates you from your rights is when you violate some law and then they say we're going to imprison you. 
right? And so and so here on this panel, just so we just so everyone like for for the sake of this conversation, do we even believe in prison? Do you guys I'll I'll, I'll start with Jacob. Do you believe in that like <laughs> You know, and what and what do you think? Uh, what levels of crimes should people be in prison in the first place? Uh, ultimately, so every law is backed by the threat of death, mm -hmm. and that is wrong because uh, if I jaywalked and I'm not going to allow my liberty to be hampered because of it, and I resist arrest, and if they threatened to take my life so i take theirs instead uh uh that that is death right that is mm -hmm. you, they're going to kill you mm -hmm. um that's wrong so there needs to be separation between uh between what is legally punishable by death mm -hmm. so there are a lot of things uh i i don't believe in the prison system that we have but i believe there has to be a system uh there has to be governance i'm i'm not an anarchist i'm mm -hmm. a constitutional uh believer in the republic mm -hmm. and so i do believe in a system of punishment i do believe uh in very harsh punishment i believe in forced manual labor uh in a uh system where nobody will ever want to go back because the majority of criminals are lazy and stupid. So if breaking the law to make their lives easier, in fact, makes their lives exponentially more difficult, they might find that the easiest way to get through life is through hard work and doing things the right way. Oh, however, yeah. Come on in. and I do believe in the death penalty. Right. Okay. You know, we we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you <laughs> murdered and killed. What is going on? There you go. Oh, I got a pizza delivered. Oh, who nice. and who is that that brought that pizza over there, making all that damn noise? Uh, a buddy of mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're having a very philosophical conversation over here. All right. All right. You're on the show. You're on the show. Okay. So, um, sorry about that, Jacob. You know, I mean, no problem. Uh, Richard Hughes. Yeah. Lola, uh, Lola's going to have a conversation for you later, Rich. <laughs> Not the Lola talk again. Yeah. You obviously need to have that conversation again. Okay. So I think you were making a good point. So you say you believe in the death penalty. Um, and you and you definitely believe if uh, laws of society are broken, people should have strong deterrence to that, right? Yeah, but the, when a law is created, mm -hmm. that needs to be taken into account. So, you know, if I'm in Alabama and I'm thinking about making a law saying that it's illegal to keep ice cream in your back mm -hmm. pocket on Sunday so that you can't steal horses by mm -hmm. leading them away with ice cream in your pocket. Mm hmm. It would be my responsibility as a politician who has also taken an oath to defend the Constitution to consider whether or not mm -hmm. stepping on the entire populace and where they keep their freaking ice cream is something that should be punishable by death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, um, you know, um, let's let's get to uh, Rich here on what you believe, just so just so we, we know that for the. You know, for the record here, are you agreeing record. with what um, what Jacob is saying, or 
Yeah, I maybe I'm not quite as hardline, but I I agree. Prison shouldn't be three hots and a cot and a color TV. You know, I mm-hmm. mean that that should be it should suck. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it should be hard. Uh, so I, I think generally we agree. Um, you know, I guess the question: Do you do you only put violent people in prison? Do you put you know tax evaders in prison? Do you put Michael Milken in prison? You know, I lost you for a second. Wait, what happened? I'm, I, yeah. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, yeah. at the thought process for white collar crime. And some of these white collar criminals ruin more lives than murderers. Right. Yeah. Hold on a second. I think we lost Jacob, so we're trying to get him back. Uh, we're trying to get him back in here. As soon as I get him back in, I'll let you guys know. He, something might have happened to his signal. Um, oh, they got him. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, get, got him. we'll get it worked out. We'll get it worked out here while you're. While you're getting your food and all that kind of stuff delivered. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to shout out the squadron. We, we got right. squadron members in the house. Oh, boy. We got uh, Dark in the house. Got to shout out Dark because yes. you gave me a shout out on your show. Shout and out. And you're going to be on Dark's show. Yeah, shout out to Dark. I will be on his show after this. Um, you know, so uh, let me know. Uh, do you have your blue chem light ready? Uh, what is that? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't have you, it. You're no. not in on the dark crew. Do, do I need? Okay, I guess I. Don't. Well, I'll find out about that light. when I go on his show. I'll find out when I go on his show. Um, let's see. We still haven't. So, Jacob, you probably need to try to come back in because your camera isn't uh, working. Let me see. I'm gonna try to to. He's uh, Lola. If you could reach out to Jacob, tell. Oh, here we go. He's trying again. Here, let's let's see if we can get him in this time. If we can get. Come on. Get the camera working here, and then we'll get back into this conversation. Uh, no, still not working. Uh, so uh, DLD After Dark says uh, the individual's rights don't stop even during incarceration. It's only a separation of property. Upon release, they should have all their rights. Nothing has changed. Hmm. Um, uh, Jason McDonald says stealing, yes, prison, which means the federal government should be in prison. So, so, um, yeah. And my thing that I would say about this is I look, I think that's that I think that Jason is making a good point there. When we set up laws, this first of all, we have too many laws in America. And this one of the things that somehow needs to be reset and, and go back down, you know, um, to the to whatever smallest number. And then beyond some basic laws, you know, we need to have an understanding that when these folks out there are making all these laws and adding all these laws to the books, they themselves have to be held accountable for those laws, right? I think we got, I think we got Jacob back here also. Uh, let me see. It looks like he's back, but he's frozen. Can you hear us, Jacob? Uh, no, he can't hear us. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he, he was on a roll. I was like, wow, this guy's yeah, serious. Man. Yeah, the uh, yeah we're we'll, we're still we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get this conversation going here. Um, yeah, it looks like he's still frozen. So the thing, so here's what I think: we make laws, everyone has to live by that. It's just like how they're giving us healthcare laws that are making our lives difficult, but then they have super awesome healthcare that we don't have access to. That's not how oh, yeah. that should work, you know. Yeah, that's um, two tier. Yeah, 
you know, politicians, kids and stuff like that getting away with things that we don't get away with, that we get smacked upside the head with and lose our rights and become felons and go spend time in prison for. That's not supposed to happen. You know, the, these are these are some of the, the issues and the problems that we're facing in society that makes a lot of people, uh, you know, somehow feel disenfranchised in this whole thing. So if we're going to to me, we need to go back to to very few laws. OK, and then when as we add on laws, there has to be responsibility and everyone has to be held responsible for those laws. You can't have some people get away with that and other people you know, don't get away with that. Some special, powerful people get away with it and other people don't get away with it. But yes, so now if you, to me, if you commit certain crimes and we're like, okay, there should be certain heinous crimes that to me, I, I believe in the death penalty and for those crimes, we, we should completely remove you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, then there's other things that are very serious and you shouldn't be able to do those crimes and then just live a good life like Jacob is saying. I think I could agree with that. You should suffer. Jail should be rough and difficult. I think it's the same thing that goes for, this is one of the problems with, that we have in America with welfare. I don't have a problem with welfare and helping out people who are suffering. I have a problem with people systemizing it and living off of it whilst other people have to pay for it. Right. You know? When it becomes a lifestyle, that, that's that's not right. Yeah. So, but this is the thing. But if you if you pay your price, if you don't die for what you did, and you pay your price to society, and we let you back into society, we have to say, you, I mean, come on, you've got you've got rights. And even as uh, um, I think it was Jason said, while you're in prison, you still have rights. <laughs> right. So. I mean, I heard, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's true that in Arizona at some point during uh, our nation's history, that if you served a long sentence, they'd give you like $5, which was a good bit of money and a doggone cult peacemaker and send you on your way. Mm -hmm. Wait, where was uh, this? <laughs> Hold on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that was Arizona and mm -hmm. stuff like that's kind of hard to find. Um, a long time ago they did that or? Yeah. Yeah, like Wild Wild West, early Arizona history. Um, I would love to be able to verify it or not. Yeah. But so, uh, so so then we come back to the question. So so ultimately we got into this because you said that yeah, once people serve their time and they get out, they should regardless of how we might not like the crime, but you know, and there's crimes I don't like, right? There's definitely crimes out there that people, especially if someone abuses a child, um, you know, a, a guy who's beating his wife, um, you know, there's just these crimes that are horrible, right? Uh, what Michael Vick did, I thought was completely disgusting, but I don't, yeah, if, you know, what he did to dogs and stuff like that, I, I don't think that rose to the level of he should like lose his life or shouldn't have rights and all that. And he, sh when he went to prison, he should have paid a, a heavy price for something like that. Um, if we deem that to be a crime, which I think, uh, being cruel to animals, obviously, um, you know, it, it rises I to that occasion. One thing that we need to consider, though, is if we deem a crime bad enough to send someone to prison, mm -hmm. still, mm -hmm. if they resist and do not allow themselves to be taken, the punishment is still death. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that always has to be. And that's really hard. Um, 
you know, for, for me thinking about a smaller society, I would think about going more back to church law and dealing with things through the church, uh, because liberty and morality to some degree are going to be intrinsically tied. It's going to be hard to make laws that value someone's liberty if someone has no moral value, because any crime that they commit that is not worthy of being killed for, but is worthy of hard labor in prison for, mm -hmm. if they refuse to be caught and are uh, going to violently protect what they deem to be their liberty, they will get killed. And I, uh, I absolutely support a police officer's right to protect their life. Uh, if someone's coming at a police officer with a gun, a knife, whatever the case may be, a deadly instrument, freaking smoke them, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're going to tell a police officer that they can smoke somebody for doing that, then that is essentially um, making, again, the death penalty the ultimate uh, punishment for any crime. So it's mm -hmm. a hard I'm not I'm not saying that I've got the right balance. It's a hard mm -hmm. it's a hard balance to strike. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Hughes, um, are you going to spend the whole show eating? I'm just wondering. No. Yeah. Because no. you got like a whole pizza there that you're not sharing with the rest of us. I know so the squadron's right. complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So uh, where was I, I was going to ask you something about. Um, so do so, you believe. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. Oh, OK. Yeah. If, if you don't mind. I, I've seen some cases where I think it's I don't know if it's New York City or San Francisco. If the person runs, uh, the cops aren't allowed to follow them. It's like really. I mean, how do you feel about that? Oh, I mean, uh, if a police officer has a legal reason to stop somebody, uh, then they have. They should have the legal protection to uh, follow through with that stop. So, mm -hmm. you know. Because I'm trying to understand what you're saying is that basically all laws, you know, if a mm -hmm. cop is going to arrest you is backed up by death. Now, do you right. feel that that's incorrect or tell, tell me what you, you should resist a certain amount and then the cop lets you go? And I'm just not trying to antagonize you. I'm just academically no no curious that's that's kind of the difficulty of the balance in saying that so uh in protect how much can you protect the people's liberty and still have law um mm -hmm. so for any law if i say i have that ice cream cone in my back pocket and the police officer says i'm taking you to jail right now first off i'm not going to jail mm-hmm Second off, I'm not going to let the officer kill me. So that puts us in a hard situation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. that is, and that is why ultimately every law is backed by death. But I think that puts the pressure on proper lawmaking on the legislator. Yeah, well, so so let's, and that's why we need less laws. Yeah, let's talk about cops here for a second, or police officers, or officers of the peace, or whatever they are and where they come from. I mean, traditionally, these like where I live, it's a sheriff, uh, deputies. They're elected, you know, in lots of places. They're hired by mayors or whatever. These are people employed by the towns, cities 
municipalities that they serve, right? And they're right. and they're supposed to be enforcing laws. And there's a crap ton of laws. So if right. if these situations that you're going to get into are going to create these like dire circumstances, I think that's what you're saying. You know, you need to think of how many situations should they even be getting into. Right. So you in know? my my uncle Matt Truea wrote a book, uh, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, going over a Christian leader's responsibility to be to choose the righteous law, to choose the righteous path as the first line of the judicial system. The, whether it is you are the police officer on the ground, you are the teacher teaching a class, uh, you know, if the curriculum that you are given is evil, you can choose not to teach it. If the law that you are given is evil, you can choose not to enforce it. That's why sheriffs are so important. A sheriff is the only constitutionally uh, legal law enforcement body in the United States. They are elected and they should be working to preserve the people's liberty, but they also have to enforce the law. So, um, you know, I don't even know. I, I lost. Right. Uh, so here's here's a question that uh, I, I was going to get to this before I get to my question from Jason. I think I understand what you're saying there. He says, sure, but don't the police enforce plenty of unconstitutional laws to begin with? You know, um, you know, so I think, uh, w what do you think about that? You know, this is another side of that problem, right? There's a whole bunch of well, unconstitutional things going on. What do we, in the way that you see the world, right? The way you think everything should be laid out, what do we do about that? What do we do about all the unconstitutional laws? So police, as we think of them, are a constitutionally illegal law enforcement body that uh, originally... Uh, existed to generate revenue uh, for the state or mm -hmm. for the entity that hired them. And that's the first problem. And there, I know personally a lot of really good law enforcement officers, a lot of really good police, a lot mm -hmm. of people who really do care about individual liberty. Um, but that is, uh, is not the standard. But so you are going to have so the doctrine of lesser magistrates is talking about the Christian and moral duty of the bottom person on the totem pole who is enforcing anything to do what's right. And that's why it's so important as the little guy um, in the military as a team leader, your job is to lead your soldiers, to teach your soldiers uh, to uh, command your soldiers based on the commands that you are given, but you also have to protect your soldiers and encourage your soldiers from the stupid above you. That's what a good team leader does. And um, the same goes for a squad leader. The same goes for a platoon sergeant, platoon leader. If they only care about towing to line for upper command, someone in the chain of command is a absolute dithering moron. Mm -hmm. Right. And the people below them have to mitigate the potential damages from that. Um, so, you know, what is the perfect example? Um, 
liberty, you talked about responsibility earlier. Liberty and responsibility are intrinsically tied together. Most people will never accept the true concept of liberty because it makes them responsible for themselves. But liberty and morality are also together. So I have always obeyed every command I've ever been given by a law enforcement officer. And uh, I obey every law that I know of. Um, I am ashamed of that in many ways because I think that people who run a YouTube channel, people who have a bit of a following, you know, the most powerful thing that we could do mm-hmm. would be to come together, say all gun laws are infringements, and say, look, this was a pistol with a pistol brace. Now it's an SBR. I just made this SBR. I am now firing this SBR. I've hurt no one. I have damaged no one. There is no victim. So either the police can come and we can kill each other or let's fix these stupid freaking laws. All right. So I'm actually ashamed that I do not own illegal firearms. I feel like it could potentially be a responsibility of mine to do something like that. Um, But, you know, responsibility, morality, liberty. Mm-hmm. The people who are afraid of any one in in that list are going to uh, oppose them all. I think that's ultimately the thing, right? You know, we could do a lot of talking about all this stuff, but if, if we're not uh, ready or do- willing to take the action, you know, to actually do something about it and then willing to pay the price. And if there's not, and ultimately one person paying the price for it doesn't change anything, but uh, more and more people getting up and going, no, that's it. You know, if there's a price, try to make us pay it. I think that's where where we change some things. Mm -hmm. Gandhi has a word for how the individual has to sacrifice to create a change. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the word, but essentially in in his demonstrations, there would be no victim. He'd be making a point. He'd be fighting something that is uh, legal that should not be. He would fight it by going to prison, by dealing with the punishments, whatever mm-hmm. they were, and making a point out of himself. And then people looked at Gandhi and said, look, he didn't hurt anybody. He didn't do anything wrong. He's being tortured right now in prison for it, for a law that's not even right. And that's how he made change. And he said to make change, that's what you have to do is personal sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And obviously it has to be visible personal sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a platform in which to share it. Now, the sad reality of where we're living at with big tech is the chances are if me and you – and everybody else were like, hey, look at this SBR I'm shooting. Uh, I think probably we would all of our influence and reach would immediately disappear. Our message would disappear and potentially we would disappear. But you can't disappear a hundred big names that people know uh, without raising some flags. OK. Uh, Rich, did you want to jump in here? Oh boy, I got. I'm like, I'm writing down points so I can remember them. <laughs> okay. uh, first off, Gandhi is one of the people I find very interesting in history. Uh, he he was a traditionally cha- trained lawyer in England, so, so I, I don't know that a, pe- a lot of people don't know that. 
And what, what I find interesting about people like Gandhi is how did they become who they are? How did they step out of the nine to five Joe kind of role? Like, okay, here I'm, you know, your divorce attorney or your, you know, real estate attorney and become a, a leader of a movement that frees a country. That, that to me is very fascinating. Um, the, somebody else told me that the police, which, which I always think about the highway pirates because I do have an affliction with speeding. Um, <laughs> somebody told me that the police were only there to, uh, were created to uh, return runaway slaves, that it was linked to slavery, and I'm not sure about that. The and police, my, my, the police, where are only there to, for slavery? To, the, in the, the United over. States, but I, I'm like, okay. wait, there were police in England before the United yeah, States. Yeah, I mean, we've had police States, so. for a long time. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I guess before police, uh, you know, in civilizations, who was enforcing stuff? Soldiers, you know, uh, you had centurions and well, stuff think, like that well, enforcing. I think we're talking about the difference between the constitutionally sanctioned sheriff's department, which we've had since the founding of the country, mm -hmm. and then the illegal formation of police mm -hmm. is, I think, what he's talking about. Is the And I have read a little bit about the, the uh, first police departments, and I honestly, I can't remember a whole lot. Uh, I, I can't remember when it started, when the first police force was enacted. But, yeah. uh, and ultimately, the reason you start it doesn't have that much to do with anything. I mean, police departments exist all over the world. We were talking about Nigeria in the beginning of this. Uh, I lived in Nigeria, lots of cops there, you know. But there's a big difference between the police and the military, right? I think a lot of times, the uh, especially in third world countries like that, you'll find that you have that you have police and they have a job. Maybe they're directing traffic or doing something like that. But they tend um, the difference. I think you find a lot of times here is those guys tend to uh, be very underpaid. Which I'm not going to say that policemen aren't underpaid here i think they probably are also but they're always looking for bribes and things like that so it's not as you know it's not something you have to fear depending on your economic situation versus the soldiers like when they really want something done and enforced you know that's when they're sending out like soldiers there and they have a mission to kill people versus in a lot of third world countries cops are there supposed to be doing something it's more of like a sh you know, some kind of symbolic gesture, and that police officer is typically trying to figure out how to make their way by, you know, the graft, so to speak, right? By getting right, people right. to to bribe them. So, um, you know, I think what what cops have become today. Uh, so, for example, I live in the country. Um, in in my county that I live in, there's not a lot of cops. They don't spend a lot of time trying to catch you speeding. You know, and, and writing out parking tickets and all that. You know, they're patrolling a very big county. If something really comes up, that's what they're there to deal with. And, you know, um, those guys are typically underfunded as well, etc. Then in Gainesville, the, the main big town where I live, there's five police departments. And, right. And those guys are constantly up to something. They're always trying to catch you speeding. You ran this thing. You did this. You get a ticket for this. <laughs> You know, um, oh, so they're, they're, they're writing college money. kids tickets for carrying open containers. You know, it's like, really? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Jacob. So where is the line? Where is the line between 
and that's that's where I live. We don't even have a stoplight in the entire county. So mm-hmm. we've got like four sheriff's department, four sheriff's deputies for including the sheriff for a huge county. And then I think we've got three police officers for the local city, which most people wouldn't even hardly consider a city. And mm-hmm. I love it. I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, as you scale up law enforcement, it becomes exponentially more expensive and you have exponentially more problems to solve. And a lot of police officers in large cities make an incredible salary. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in my town, uh, paramedics and uh, and law enforcement officers, even with some uh, uh, government stipends, make less than um, than like the people working in the national park making trails or mm-hmm. standing behind a cash register. So I mean, unbelievable. Um, these guys are making like fourteen dollars an hour dealing with meth heads all the time mm-hmm. and uh, and crime, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we. Uh, I think Gun Doctor TV said that he was a police officer in Kentucky. What did he say he made? Like six or eight dollars an hour or something? He had to buy his own vest and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, we're Suffolk County. I, last I knew, they were the highest paid police in the country. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's still true. And Higher than they're, New they're York City. Out. Yes. Oh yeah, New York City police and NYPD don't. Make, they make like half. What Suffolk County PD makes. Oh, wow. Okay. And where's that money coming from? From me paying my damn taxes on this house I'm trying to sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Also, Go ahead. Every, how, every, how every county, city, and state spends money from tickets. Uh, mm. When guns are confiscated, they're usually sold where that money goes. Where everybody gets their money across different states is all different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Huey Long, but Huey Long, every government employee and all of the pol- and all of the law enforcement and everybody that he could, all of their taxes and money went directly into his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he ran Louisiana into the ground and was very nearly our first communist president in America. Uh, mm-hmm. He was actually communist, incredible thing to look up Huey Long the Kingfish uh, but uh, you know so in Louisiana at that time where was that money going it was going directly to him uh, here where I live I don't think that our um, sheriff's department when they write tickets I think they get like three percent so mm-hmm. they don't write tickets for stupid stuff because it's literally not worth the amount of work it's a waste of their time they've got more important things to deal with mm-hmm. uh, it's hard when you need a lot of law enforcement, which every large city always will, it's mm-hmm. going to be expensive. What is the right way in regards to liberty to mm-hmm. fund that? And I don't have the answer. I'm just saying everybody does it differently. I'm sure that there's a right or decent answer out there. And I'm sure that most of the answers that are being used are not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you know, there's uh, what uh, Lola. What's the name of that city that's close to here? Uh, is it Waldo? That that they disbanded the whole police department. Waldo. 
Yeah, so there's a place here in Florida, not far, it's on the other side of Gainesville, called Waldo, and it was known, if you Google it, you'll see, Waldo was known as a speed trap. Very small town. Oh, and the, okay. Yeah, and, and the cops there would, they, I mean, it was a thing, right? They were out there catching, you know, they had like these ridiculous, it would go from 55 miles an hour to 30 <laughs> in like two feet or something and like that. you'd just be sitting there waiting. Right. Yeah, boom, hitting tickets. Yeah, they did it so much, and they got so much attention, and they got so sued, and all that kind of stuff that the whole po the whole police department got disbanded. It doesn't exist now, so there isn't that happening in Waldo. But also, Waldo, the people who live in Waldo have no police department, right? right. So if if something well, they got happens, a department. Uh, nope, they don't have anything. If something they happens, they don't have a sheriff at all. No, if something happens, the the cops have to come from Gainesville. To go out Privatized. to Waldo, wow, yeah, to deal with that, um, and that's because of what they did, and they drove it into the ground, and it's and it, and it came a point where they couldn't even get insured, you know, because of all the lawsuits and all the things, and then they would the the town was losing money because people were like avoid this with your life, you know, it was going out all over the country, and it was just completely detrimental, and there is a balance to everything, right? I think ultimately here. Um, there's a balance to things, and I always tell people, we're the ones who hire the cops. If there's too many cops, it's on us, right? If, if the cops uh, are so bored that they've got to find reasons to give the people tickets and things like that to generate money, that's on us, you know? So we're the ones that have to take responsibility of that because ultimately we're paying them. The idea that we pay taxes and we pay for these things and then we're not represented in there is wrong, but it's one of those things like, uh, you know, I understand what Jacob is saying. Hey, at some point we have to be willing to make a thing of this and, and get arrested. And, and, uh, and I understand where there may come a day for that. But right now there's things that people can do about massive police department, right? And that is, if you live there, start finding out why the hell are these people, it's like Chicago. I think I was on Armed American Radio today talking about Chicago and you know, look at what's happening in Chicago and everything that's happening there. They have massive police departments. Those guys get paid a lot of money. All that stuff is going on. And they're like, yeah, we have a violence problem. and We're going to solve it by layering gun laws on top of gun laws. And then the criminals and the gangsters in Chicago could give two shits about that. Right. Right. Well, we're responsible not just for our police departments, but also for our politicians. Mm -hmm. And as long as the people keep thinking that they can vote their problems away mm -hmm. and no politicians are being forcefully removed, there is no Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. Right. Because well, you're saying you know, that's the, the point of the Second Amendment, right? For people to use that right to stand up and say, no, this person has no right to to have any kind of governance over us. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I'm saying defend the Constitution mm -hmm. against domestic enemies mm -hmm. of the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Okay. What were you going to say, Rich? Well, yeah, pre-Revolutionary War, if they didn't like the politician or what was going on, they burned his freaking house down. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm not saying that's the right thing and we should start doing that. But what I'm so – what I've always been trying to figure <laughs> Jacob, out, you know, Jacob was making a face right now. <laughs> is yeah, the the government should be afraid of us. Mm. They should be afraid that they're not keeping favor with us. And and I'm not saying they should be at the threat of violence, but yeah. 
for some reason we get amnesia when we go to the voting booth and look, look at everybody in New York City. They, mm-hmm. they just like, oh, yeah, Big Bird. I like uh, Bill de Blasio. I'll vote for him again. Yeah. Or, or Cuomo. It's well, like, where really the, ultimately we ultimately the truth of the matter is we all of us, me included, are afraid of the politicians. The politicians are Absolutely. not afraid of us. You know, if you look at for last year, the entire year, politicians, uh, some politicians were calling for cities to be burned down. Right. That mm-hmm. happened oh, yeah. all of last oh, yeah. year, yeah. all the way up until, uh, you know, someone decided to storm Capitol Hill. And then all of a sudden that became a bad thing. There's tons of investigations and all kinds of stuff going in into that. No one's looking into it. Lots of cities are even uh, releasing or dropping charges on people who were looting oh, yeah. and rioting and stuff like that. And then these guys are still trying to find out who, who stormed Capitol Hill. And it, it, to me, it doesn't matter who stormed Capitol Hill. What you just said should be true that they are the one they are not entitled to a sense of security and comfort, but instead it's the other way around. We we we're still we're not mad about what they're doing. We're we're still we're afraid of them. We're worried that they're gonna change the gun laws and things like that. We're worried they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. And we're not We shouldn't in be that. able to do we're any not. of that. The fact that we're worried about that shows that we know that we've let it gone too mm. far. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to violence, what I'll say is that every contract is only valid because of power. Period. Correct. No Correct. contract means anything more than the paper it's written on if there is not power behind it. And the bank has the power of lawyers. And uh, we have we have all of these means to give power to a contract. But ultimately, the Second Amendment says that if any of that fails and if any of this is if we cross this line at all, if any politician crosses this line, this is your answer. Mm-hmm. And so, politicians mm-hmm. should be should legislate morally because they fear for their personal well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the thing. I think what we're saying here, we've said, we've said many times. Um, I agree with it. I understand it. I don't know that any of us here on this stage are doing anything about it. Here's a question I want to ask: Where, where is the line? Where's the time? Where is it that we see the pitchforks and the torches and people in America um, get mad about it, right? And go, okay, that's it. We've had enough. And we're going to do something about this. Do you think there's one? Do you think we'll see that? The problem is see, we're all waiting for a leader. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved Donald Trump because they were waiting for a leader. And he said he was going to do the things that they thought a leader should be doing. He said he was going to fix the problems that we are talking about. And that rallied people behind him. The reality in my opinion, uh, through psyops and through some of my religious beliefs and how government works and the ultimate direction that this world will take unquestionably is that, um, for one, to take back that liberty is responsibility. Um, and, I I believe that the bushcraft and survival that I do is as equally as tactical as the firearms training that I do, which is a considerable amount. And 
the if you can look at the Civil War objectively, look at the humans and the people that were revolting. Start there and look at what they did with what they had. It was absolutely amazing because all of these men and kids went out with nothing. March had no training, had got very poor training, and they knew how to take care of themselves and live. Under Stonewall Jackson, at one point, they marched barefoot for a hundred miles to confuse the enemy when they saw their tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our, we have been enslaved by convenience. Mm-hmm. And we have gotten to a point with technology where though that knowledge is dead today. It's gone. So how do we to be able to change this, like we're talking about, you have to have a group of individuals that is ungovernable. There can't be anything that they hold over your head. And I do some videos about um, tactics on a large scale, on a government scale, talking about what the government wants us to do, how the government is going to manipulate the narrative, and how the fourth generation warfare that we have been constantly bombarded with lately is all a lie. It's a very shallow lie. It's impossible in America. And when and if war were to come to America in this way, it would be fifth generation warfare. And I need to go in depth into what fifth generation warfare is, but every this the, to make this simple, um, there's been a lot of YouTube channels that popped up during Trump's administration, got absolutely massive, and then disappeared. And what they were all saying is that the military is on your side, the number of guns that you own means that you can't be manipulated, and we will win this war. And it's just like fourth generation warfare and the U.S. military can't even beat a goat farmer in sandals in Afghanistan. The lie is that Vietnam, the Vietnamese didn't win the Vietnamese war. The Vietnamese didn't win Vietnam. Uh, In fact, if you look historically at Vietnam, the existence of Singapore is proof that America won the war. Um, but that's a psyop for another time. The Strait of Malacca is controlled by Singapore, which the fall of the Strait of Malacca was the reason that we got into Vietnam. But, okay, the Vietnamese didn't win Vietnam. We're not fighting Afghans in Afghanistan. Um, The Revolutionary War was not won solely by Americans. In each one of these instances, another nation with political ties to the rebellion and with something to gain aided the revolution, which is why it won. Nobody's coming to America to support American patriots who are fighting for liberty. No country on this earth is like, it would be beneficial for us if everyone in America had liberty and uh, the American government was forced to 
abide by its own laws. And we're going to support these American patriots because in every other country, there is no liberty. There's no other light at the end of the tunnel. So an American revolution would consist of Americans. The problem with that is it would be the ideal scenario for our government. The absolute, if I'm playing chess and I am the U.S. government, please come cut off the city's power. Please. Set up a roadblock on the city. If you don't do it, I'll do it for you. And I'll fake it and say that you're doing it. Because I'll turn the entire country against you instantly. You'll be the ones attacking and killing Americans and changing the American way of life. You'll be able to get no message out and... In your action, I, as the U.S. government, would crush the entire patriot movement in less than 10 years, unquestionably. There's nothing better that you could do for them. So when does it happen? Uh, you know, our government is purposefully bringing people into this country and, and feeding the wildlife. The wildlife will never turn against them. We have a purposeful percentage of livestock in this country that will never rebel. And if they did, they could be so easily persuaded in either direction. Uh, so wait, so hold on a second. Let's, uh, you know, like you're using a metaphor. You're saying that a lot of people who are coming who are coming into the country right now um you know someone's gonna say okay where well, you're calling some some set of people livestock or whatever you're what you're what are you trying to say i don't want to put words in your mouth so exactly sure. what are so, you trying to say uh, with that in bowling green kentucky mm -hmm. many of the factories are filled with illegal immigrants Okay. Uh, I know people who manage there. We don't know how they get there. They don't have green cards. They're working the factories. They get free medical care. My friends that are managers there have to take them and help them sign up. They don't know anything except for how to get from where they live to work. Uh, they speak very little English, and most of their money they send home. So where there's an organized – there's an organized right. effort to bring people in, you're saying, and there's no organized effort to somehow document those people and then start to indoctrinate those people into the American way of life. You're saying basically so these folks are, are just coming do? in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their kids are going to be used by our government. But it's not just these people. And a lot of these people, I will tell you personally, are fantastic. They don't know that they're being used. They are hardworking people. A lot of them are moral people. Uh, and yet, what is the 20-year plan? And this, is, this has been going on. This isn't anything new. Why do Democrats want the open border? Why do we want all of this stuff? We are creating a lifelong voter base. And simultaneously, through technology, we are creating lifelong dependency and we are crushing individuality and people of an ungovernable spirit uh yeah we are making ultimately a 
organized armed rebellion so purposeless, so weak, that if it doesn't happen, what I'm saying is the government will fake it happening to meet their ultimate agenda. What okay. I consider livestock is people who will never turn against the government, people who will never think for themselves, who exist to make someone else money and will be slaughtered. So basically sheep. You're not you're not you're not making a per, you're not disparaging people specifically. You're just saying, "Hey, yeah, the, these folks are being used. They probably realize they're being used, but hey, what you know, when you're faced when when where you come from looks like this, why wouldn't you take this opportunity, right? And even and, and at well, the same time it's been happening for forever for a been, long time. That's mm -hmm. been the target for any one of these groups of people who have been targeted for government assistance. That's the long-term goal from LBJ and before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let me let uh, Richard get in here. Rich, I know you look like you're chomping at the bit to. Oh to my say god! I, I got notes. Uh, okay, you got so notes. So do you think All January sixth right. was a psyop? What's that? Was January sixth a psyop? Was that a government plan? Just what, what was, what Capitol was January sixth? Capitol Hill. Oh, uh, yeah. As far as I can tell, yeah. You know, I've got a friend who's one of the National Guard guys. Says that permits were pulled. You've got pictures of people staying within the fences, not going into other areas. Yeah, I, 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 I would say absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. And nobody has been charged with sedition. Which is what the Capitol Hill riots right. would have been. Mm -hmm. So if nobody's been charged with sedition, there was no sedition. I mean, uh, you know, you look at who where was the been where Antifa, was the where, where was the organized effort to take over anything. I mean, let's World say weapons. Yeah, let's say some let's right. say some low level gangsters were armed and try to take over something. It would have been more of a big deal than that. That was just. Yeah. That was basically some people stepped aside, some people went wild and ran through the halls. Yes, some, some yeah. folks died in that, but there was no actual sedition, no one trying to take over the government, nothing. That there was no, I, the I didn't see anything happened, like that trying to happen it, there. The same thing happened with the Black Panthers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and these things are used by our government to their means. And the same thing happened with Hitler in Poland before World War II. He didn't say, hey, uh, we just went in and took this Polish radio station. He said, hey, the Polish just came and attacked us. This is a freaking declaration of war. Their military just opened fire on us. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a good opportunity to spread a message to get what you want, you make one. Yeah. And it's the interesting thing is, I mean, regardless of what you think about Trump, those those guys who were on his side all of a sudden flipped. Everyone flipped after that. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and we're we're in a completely uh, different scenario. Um, OK, Rich, you, you had something else you wanted to uh, you've got stuff so, in your notes. I'll let you. Yeah. So to dovetail with January 6th, the, the next question is, look, I, I'm one paycheck away away from being on the street right now and just because i'm you know carrying two mortgages 
But I don't – these people have been held since January 6th. Forget about if they ever get convicted of anything or released or what. They've already paid the price. I mean if they had a house, they don't anymore because mm-hmm. you know, if you – even in a good time, if you put me away for a month or two, that's it. I'm going to be losing my house. Yeah. Well, uh, for, that, that's, for, that's just crazy. For one of the things I could say to you guys anecdotally, like one of the things that's happened um, since COVID and a lot of things happening here is – there's people, not super wealthy people, right? Not people with millions of dollars sitting in bank accounts. There's people who maybe had enough money to have, a, let's say, more than one house, right? And they and and because they're trying to build up, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna rent this house out to someone because that's what I grew up and everyone taught me. You know, your values in the real estate, and this is what you could do with it. You rent it out to someone. Now that person's not paying rent. You can't evict them. What, what are you supposed right. to do in and that that's situation? that's why I'm selling. Yeah, I have a friend of mine who basically, um, he had just one house, and he was going to get a job somewhere else. He went over to that place and didn't sell his house. He rented it to someone while he was waiting to see what was going to happen. Those people in that house did not pay rent, and he had to keep paying a mortgage, and he can't evict them. So he had to leave his job and try to come back and deal with that whole thing. And it's a nightmare for him, right? He's rent now. He's renting a place. He can't get his house mm. back. He has to pay the mortgage. You know, he I, one day he was telling me, "I'm going to burn that house down." I was like, "Dude, why would you do that? This is what they want you to do." So now you become a criminal. <laughs> you know, right? So and no, and no so, one's doing well, anything for him. Us, they want us to be serfs. They want to move to a rent-based society. But a big part of this is ownership. Uh, to get back to liberty, what is liberty? If you own something, nobody else has the right to take it or use it or do anything with it against your will. Mm-hmm. If you own yourself, the same is true. So mm-hmm. if you don't own your stuff and if you don't own yourself, are you not a slave? You might have some freedoms that you're that you have been graciously granted. You're at least you're but you at have least no a, rights. Yeah, you're at least an indentured servant. You know, you're at least an indentured servitude. This is one of the things that happened, like in Guyana, where I'm from. There was slavery in Guyana, right? It's the Caribbean. It's technically South America. It's the Caribbean. There was slavery there. So one day, they it, it was a, a colony of England, and England decided no slavery anymore in any of the in any of our colonies, right? It's Guyana is one no slavery anymore but guess what they still needed slaves so they came up with this thing called indentured servitude and what they started doing is since they couldn't uh, make the african slaves right they started uh, putting indians into indentured servitude that's how my mom's people wound up over there and a lot of those folks were the people that that the um the so england was running india Right. And the Maharajas and stuff like that that were there in India, they were constantly fighting with other let's put let's let's call them tribes or whatever. Right. Or sects of people. And those people wound up getting arrested, shipped off over here. You know, anyone, any way that they could catch you and and catch up to you, they'll ship you off over to to Guyana, to Trinidad, Jamaica, different places in the Caribbean. And it became indentured servitude. And a lot of people think it's something different. It's no different. It's no. It's just a. That's where we're headed, and when we go to a rent-based society with this new communism and feudalism, that's exactly what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. They don't want 
like that's part of what we are being led into with COVID, with everything else. Like, cool, my house has like tripled in value. That's great, right? But if I sold my house, could I get anything? No. And can I afford to build on it? No. Can I afford to freaking do anything? No. Uh, you know, and but they they want to move people out and away from ownership. It's all about control and ownership. And you can be owned without knowing that you're owned. As a Christian, I want to add, you can only have one master. So there can be no nation, entity, or anything else above God. You are owned by God. Everything else is crap. So what does that leave you with? As a Christian, better figure it out, but it's not where we're headed, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what's weird? Something that I saw that happened with a lot of businesses. I'm not going to say all businesses. Did anyone notice how quickly businesses uh, very early in COVID gave up all their properties and sold everything? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it was like that. I've never seen that happen in anything. And we had 9-11 and businesses and go, you know what? Everyone's going to work from home now. And this particular thing, COVID, they're like, oh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Why did businesses immediately go, that's it. We're selling all of this. We're out. If a government can force businesses to close, what does that mean for your government? Mm -hmm. What does that mean your government is? These are hard questions because Mm -hmm. we are raised to believe that America is free, that we are free. We don't ever learn what freedom is. We're not taught true history. We're taught a bunch of crap every single year, but we don't question it. I have come – I now call myself a recovered nationalist. Like all of my stuff uh, was red, white, and blue, my favorite doggone color. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, for one, as a Christian, that that can't be the case. Now, for for two, can I pledge allegiance to the republic? No. What is freedom and how do we have it? Can we make it? It's not going to be living in a serfdom. And uh, a lot of nations have constitutions. A lot of nations have firearms rights in their constitutions, like Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do the governments give a piss? No. If the people are not willing to remove the government or to use their firearms rights, then they have no firearms rights and they have no rights whatsoever. And the reality is that I would say – the second that we accepted government education was the second that we lost the Second Amendment and our rights. Mm-hmm. Um, now, wasn't that under Jimmy Carter, the uh, – what is it called? The Department of Education? Freaking Jimmy Carter. <laughs> and I, I think we went from third in the world in education to like 20th. In a couple of years, yeah. after there's the no competition education. in education in America. There's, you know, um, I think these guys are trying to get rid of. We have very little competition in medicine in America. You know, all these things that count. When you take away, when you take away competition, then for sure, there, there, you, you have slavery at the end of the day. You definitely have socialism. You know, um, you know, your approaching- I, I say that America's been socialist since 1989 when hospitals lost the right to refuse service based on the ability to pay. 
I have a friend who was a heart doctor at the time, and he said that overnight the price of a heart surgery quadrupled. So we could have lived in a society where you choose your doctor's office like you choose your McDonald's, and mm-hmm. if you don't have a job and you need a heart surgery, you could go sell a couple extra bags of weed and go pay in cash. Yeah. Well, that you, is affordable well, that, That's healthcare. like LASIK. Yeah. Yeah, the, the example they use is laser eye surgery. I just got two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I got two LASIK two weeks ago. I paid $1,000 for both eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which that used to be like five or ten grand, you know, ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. It's yeah. it's competition. It's capitalism. It's uh-huh. free market. It's amazing. You know what's one of the weird things that happened that I saw this happen? Um, New York City, all over the country, there used to be nursing schools. Remember that? Remember nursing schools and like, oh, if, yeah. like yeah. people got out of high school and they didn't really want to go to college, but you know, they're like, okay, they, they'll go into nursing school and it wasn't, you know, did it for two years or something like that. You're a nurse that went away now, literally yeah. to become a nurse, we're talking like master's doctorate level degrees that people are getting. And, and, and we're it's wondering awful. what's, yeah, we're wondering what, what, what's happening in healthcare. Oh, cause you don't really have nursing well, schools look- anymore. Yeah, if you look at uh, healthcare, if you look at the growth of the number of people employed versus the number of doctors that we have, the number of doctors, it, the growth is so small that it's almost linear. And yet the health industry as a whole is so bloated, it's just going through the roof. Now, I lived in Germany, and one of my girlfriends got out of high school. As a nurse, she learned it in high school. She was like 17, boom, went straight to work in a hospital. And the hospital is going to tell you that you're going to learn 98% of your job on the job anyways. That used to be here. That used to be like that here in this country. Exactly. So this is what – I hate insurance. I I hate all of these systems that we have. People are like, oh, you need insurance to protect yourself. They don't exist to help you. They exist because they make money. They're a Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. Save your own money or find ways to pay for things. But all of these things in America that all these socialist programs, everything, we've become a imaginary money society, which I'm sure we could talk about that more later. But it's all parasitic and we're running out of meat to be eaten by parasites, mm-hmm. which is and, when we're going to get into some really extreme stuff. Yeah, and I think this is the same thing that we see in education. There's no competition. Absolutely. You know, um, there's no competition of teachers. You're not really seeing people uh, being motivated to become teachers. You know, uh, this, the, the like, uh, what is it? The teachers' unions have taken over everything. Imagine we had this thing. Let's say we put aside COVID and the fact that it was bullshit, and we went through that for over a year. Here was a massive opportunity to reset the education system in America, which is now actually yeah. lagging behind third world countries. <laughs> so when Seriously. I was growing up in private school, teachers made their curriculum. Now everybody's talking about teachers don't make enough money. Teachers don't make enough money. You don't make the curriculum. You hand out papers and you grade them. You're not a teacher. Right. You're a grader. You, but they're not even teaching kids. Like, I remember even when I went to school, the teachers didn't care how I solved a math problem. If they said two plus right. two, 
Okay, that's four, and I can show how two plus two is four. It's all good. Now it has to be, well, x plus two plus three plus this equal, you know, and it's like, what the hell? It's, it's an exercise in confusing the living daylights out of you. I remember taking tests, and they're like, we don't care how you come to this conclusion. Show us. If you show it, they'll go through it. Okay, yes, you showed it. Good for you. You know, now my kids, my kids, I remember uh, my, mine are in college now, but I remember them at high school showing me math problems. And I'm like, wait a second, this is crazy what you guys are doing. It's the easy way. And they're like, no, you have to do it this specific way. You know, there is no following well, logical system, thought. Right. The education system should teach people how to think, mm -hmm. not what to think. And in, so instead, by having government education, we have, uh, again, it's our responsibility, like everything else we've talked about, we have allowed uh, the, we have allowed our children to be watched at a daycare of indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of become educated. Yeah. The, because it's is easy, because we believe we need two household incomes, because we need, believe, we need two new cars and a big house and everything else. Just get, we already pay for our kids to go to school through property tax. Just send them off and let, you know, some man thing read to our children in the libraries. Like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the end is near. The, <laughs> the end is near. The end is near. Has a good point here. He says, uh, sorry, this goes back to early in the show, but the whole prison thing nowadays ties into the stop of mental hospitals, mental asylums. Now most of those people are in prison slash jail or the radical left. <laughs> or they're in San Francisco. Yeah. 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 You know. Um, it, or they're freaking getting voted in as politicians. Yeah. Without a doubt, you know, I don't think you have to be, I mean, we're talking about a whole bunch of different things here within the time frame that we have, but you know, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to realize that there are people pushing, it's like they're pushing the end, you know, they're pushing a breakdown, you know, order um, for chaos. Yeah. And they're, they're, and, and, and I say to the people out there who are looking for a reason to snap, don't, don't do it. Um, I don't know what your personal philosophy of this is. I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that I that I keep working, keep uh, pushing forward, moving every day. I stay away from cities and stuff like that as much as I possibly can. I try to have real actual relationships with people where we interact in the real world and do things. And, you know, I know they're pushing people. I know at some point there's going to be a break. And to me, that's the best opportunity for them. It's a massive opportunity for them, right? They have all the, they have the real guns. They can talk about gun control all right. they want to. No one ever talks about taking the guns away from the military or the government. No right. one's having that discussion. So those guys are going to have access to all of that. Things might not necessarily go the way they want it to, but sometimes you have to step back and you have to observe and you have to wait for things to happen before you before you jump in there and start doing things. Is that, does that sound crazy or? You're on the money. The, the only thing I want to say is that every great tactician and leader has found a way to win by thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. And the average person right now who's waiting for the break is planning for the conventional concept of war or revolution. And if you think inside the box, 
you're in the kill box. You are doing what they want you to do. We have to find an alternative. I don't know what it is, but we have to think outside of the box. It's got to be something new, and we need someone to figure it out pretty freaking quick. Mm. Okay. What do you think about that, Rich? Uh, well, you know, and I agree with him in in a lot of things. So the the interesting thing that I find, whoever thought that Google, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter would be controlling our thought and our speech? Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, it's just a cool way to communicate with people, or it's a cool way to search, or it's a cool mm-hmm. way. But they have now taken that tool by thinking outside of the box, mm-hmm. and w- they're controlling us. Whether with Google, if you do a Google search and it's the autofill, uh, they're presenting you potential results that you're going to click on, and that's like instead of really going for what I was thinking, it's easier to just click on that. Mm-hmm. And they're actually controlling your thought and what information you see. Oh, absolutely. Um, the things you search for. Um, there was something that came up today. Let me see if I can find oh, wait, Did we lose? Did we just lose? Jo- we just lo- lost Jacob again. Okay, we'll get him back. There was something Dang. that I searched for today, and I'm going to tell you why this came up. Let me see if I can find it, okay? Um, here's the story. Let me see if I can share this story. This is. I'm going to take this from New York Post here for a second, and let's see. Uh, let me see if I can get this up here. Okay, so check out this story. Transgender BMX rider for Team USA reportedly vowed to burn U.S. flag on metal podium. Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how can how can the U.S. Olympic team say, yeah, we're going to have this guy represent us? Yeah, so let's go to this. I don't care. So here's the thing. Let me just read out the story for people here for a second. A transgender woman who once uh, vowed to... Uh, compete in the Olympics so she could burn a U.S. flag on the podium has qualified as an alternate for Team USA's BMX freestyle event at the upcoming games in Tokyo is revealed. Chelsea Wolf, a 28-year-old Florida native, uh, Florida man, uh, beaming with pride in a photo shared with her uh, 7,700 Instagram followers on June 12th, announcing she was named as an alternate on the team. I am positively... Uh, a different person than when I set off on this journey and I'm so grateful for every experience along the way and I'm so excited and honored to keep working so I'm ready to shred in Tokyo in case I'm needed Wolf wrote alongside a photo of herself smiling through a helmet and then it goes through all these things so this is someone uh, it says she made her intentions clear last year in a since deleted Facebook post about why she wanted to qualify this is to Fox News, or reported on Monday. My goal is to win the Olympics so I can burn a U.S. flag on the podium. Okay, uh, this was written March 25th, 2020, alongside an article about how trans girls should be treated as biological males in school sports. Um, this is what they focus on during a pandemic, hurting trans children um, and and it goes on to whatever craziness. So um, I haven't seen Jacob come back in here yet. Now, here's the thing. I would like people to try to do this search because I was going to say, like, my whole response to that thing, I was like, you know what? Uh, l- let's search. Let's Google and see in what countries, right? What countries are, what are the countries out there that it is illegal, like homosexuality or whatever is illegal. And I try to do this search, and it would not pre-fill it for me. Google would not pre-fill all, this search. All over in the Middle East. Yeah, I know that. You know, when I, I ran there, they're pushing off buildings. 
Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not agreeing with it. The point I would make to this person is you want to ha- you hate America so much that you want to burn a flag to make a point about America, and America is a place that allows you to be what you want to be. And do these things. But the weird thing uh-huh. is, and and here I'll try it. I'll try it while we're live on here. Um, you know which countries um, have laws. Okay, against, let's see. See how it stops, it stopped pre-filling? Wow, wow. You see that? Wow. I'm, so if you said I'm guns, all just make in. it guns. Yeah, okay. Stuff is popping up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's weird. This is the, this is the mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. to, this is the level to you know, that, that people are going out there to control people and thought and what they're doing. And it seems like a weird, crazy thing. And my point is like, hey, if you think America is so bad, how about you try Syria? <laughs> you know, right, how about you try right, Lebanon? <laughs> yeah. And I guess the, the other thing is, it, it's kind of, you know, the U.S. is basically the hollerback bitch. Because our country will get tread on by you know google facebook whoever all mm-hmm. all of the big social media companies but you know all of the big social media is kissing chinese butt because they want that revenue from china they want to be allowed into china because of the enormity of the population and they know if they don't appease the chinese government that mm-hmm. they're going to get shut down mm-hmm. and they have no fear of the us government shutting them down here so they'll mm-hmm. they'll just trash the us all day long yeah it's just it's just a weird thing that that you know it, this is what's happening, and I think we're just on this path. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get Jacob back here. I don't know if he completely lost his internet or not. And we are running into the nine o'clock hour also here. I noticed. Mm-hmm. So we we started a little bit late. Um, let me just everyone who is hanging out with us right now would ask you guys to smash the thumbs ups. We appreciate that. I think yeah, I got a, a couple of like bullet points okay, uh, cool. that I, I'd like to go over. Rocket. So one of the things we didn't talk about is uh, civil forfeiture. So that that's a big freaking deal. And with the police forces just seizing your assets for no mm-hmm. reason and it, making it tough to get them out. And then they made laws against civil forfeiture, but basically the federal government can keep the money. So it can't be mm-hmm. the state. It could be the federal government. And then the feds kick back half to the state. Mm-hmm. So that's just crazy. Um, we're talking about incarceration and uh, judge, I was going to say judge, uh, Sheriff Apayo, Joe Apayo in Mayacoba mm-hmm. County. He made the prisoners eat bologna sandwiches, wear pink underwear, sleep on army cots in tents of the desert. I'm like, that's how a jail should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be easy. So. I'll, it shouldn't be easy I'll for you to list. wind up in there. It shouldn't be easy for you to wind up in there. But if you did something that we that we think, hey, this is a bad thing to society, you have to pay your price. Your price should be dear. It should be something that you remember. Um, and yeah. if we if we let you out, we have to realize that you paid your price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. In so two things, uh, they kind of tie together. Uh, the question I always ponder intellectually is uh, when to book, at what point do you grab your guns and go out for battle? And, and I'm mm-hmm. a, maybe I'm the biggest, you know, wimp in the world. I'm coming up with never, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I hate to say I'm not tactical and ready to boog, but yeah, I, I don't, mm-hmm. 
Well, even if even if that was the case, it's not tactical to um, it's not tactical to telegraph your moves before you make them, Mm -hmm. is it? So when when folks are out there trying to go, oh, where are you guys? You should you know how come you're not getting your guns? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? The founders would be stacking bodies by now. Yeah, bad boys move in silence and violence. Take it from your highness. You know that's the tank rack commandments. You gotta. Do I need to pull up the tank rack commandments again? (laughs) I, I don't know. Just I'm just checking. Hopefully everyone knows about the Ten Crack Commandments. Yeah, real bad boys move in silence and violence. You don't ever predict your moves like that, you know? Um, and the most tactical thing you could do is observe. I'm not saying don't mm-hmm. fight. You, you know, you have to fight. There's situations that come up that people have to, uh, people have to fight, and, and you need to be aware of when your, your life is in imminent danger. But if it isn't, you don't need to put it there. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, revolution, and I, and I don't mean that in an overthrow government way, I mean that mm-hmm. in changing the philosophy of how the government interacts with its uh, citizens. Mm-hmm. I think somebody like Gandhi or MLK are the people we should look to to model. And maybe I'm still thinking inside the box. Mm-hmm. The, one of the things that changed with MLK is they'd go to the, the, the steps of the courthouse and gather and talk about their issues and have rallies and they they get roughed up by the cops and then the the day they showed up with rifles on their back all of a sudden they didn't get roughed up by the cops mm-hmm. and i'm saying maybe that's a paradigm for us i'm not saying you know run around armed necessarily mm-hmm. not of course i have a ccw but mm-hmm. new york i'm disarmed mm-hmm. but uh i'm saying that's kind of a paradigm to think about is mm-hmm. that if and again, if they fear you, then you get respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you know there's something to be said for that. You know, um, I, listen. The the thing, the reason why I say peace all the time, and you know, I, I'm taking that for me personally from Civis Passum Parabellum. Right? If you seek peace, you must first prepare for war. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, constantly in a state of war. But if you want peace, you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared right. for the war, for the fight to uh, keep the peace, you know. And ultimately, if you if you want to live a good life, and, and I think it's what we're all looking for, you have to be prepared to fight for that. But where and, and how do you fight for it? Like, do I go to San Francisco to fight for it? Do I go to Portland? No, I don't think so. No, everything, you know, charity begins at home and all the good things begin mm-hmm. at home. Take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your friends, your community, your neighborhood, you know, the people around you, your state. Those are the kind those are the places that you could be more effective and we don't need to save everyone. Some people need to go down the drain. <laughs> right? Could be. And yeah. so one of the things I, I keep meaning to talk about on the show when, I, when I'm on you know, your mm-hmm. show or other people's show is the change needs to start with us. And whether it's a school board, whether it's you getting elected to the school board or you getting elected to dog catcher in your town, people like us with our thought process need to get into the government. We can't make it you know, just the bastion of the left really rain down upon us tyranny. That, that's got to change. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And the only thing I would add to that is sometimes there's someone else that you identify that's like us, that you're like, hey, you know, everyone can't be the leader. Some people have to be the followers. You identify a good person. You're like, are you willing to run? Yes. Okay, I'm going to help your campaign. 
Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, not even just in money. I'm going to get out there and help you make flyers and connect to people and manage it right. or drive you down to where whatever you need to. it is. Yes, exactly. You know, we need to help get that person there. And then maybe we go, OK, now I'm going to take my run at it or whatever. We need to do it. Ultimately, America belongs to all of us. There's no uh, there's no, there's nothing else other than that. You're an American. You know, um, you're an American when you realize that you're an American and this is something important that we need to fight for. That's what makes you, to me, a patriot, right? When you realize it and you start fighting for it, so. And actually, uh, Joe, 13C, uh, he's in politics now, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He got elected? Yes, he did. So Um, we got one of our guys out there. Yes, we do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and we need to keep growing those numbers. Okay. So listen, I don't know if we're going to get Jacob back in. Uh, I think it was a great conversation. We're going to need to get Jacob to come back here. Probably, you know, I definitely, I want to take a look at the sling and do some other things here. Um, And and we're going to do that. I would, uh, once again, let me see if I could just put on the here. I think I can go to Beach and Tactical and show you guys. This is the website here at Beach and Tactical. All right. He looks like he has a Facebook. He has the speed sling and a whole bunch of different cool things here. Um, I actually met him through American Gun Chick. So shout out to uh, Brickell as well as Joe from American Gun Chick. And I encourage you guys to check out Beach and Tactical and uh, support him in all the different things that he does. I'm going to leave it up to to my friend Richard Hughes tell you guys how you could support him as we're getting ready to wrap up here you guys need to smash the thumbs ups while we're doing this too so i guess if you don't know uh i'm on john crump's show pretty much daily so you find me over there i'm gonna give a shout out to uh let's see shooting gallery new england so every once in a while i'm doing his show on monday and hank is gonna be on dld after dark and what 15 minutes or so yes that's always a good watch so I'm yes. pimping everybody else but me. Of course, flyingrich.com or youtube.com slash flyingrich. And on the grams, because I am not flying rich, some dirty rat is, <laughs> and it's not me. Uh, I'm flyingrich oh, underscore official. Yeah. Is that person at least flying rich? Is that a rich guy that's flying? Or I have no idea. Or someone just jacked talk. you. He won't accept my friend request. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Someone just jacked you. Someone just jacked up your thing. <laughs> yes, I am going to be uh, DLD uh, with Dark. Um, you guys will see me. I'll be over there for at least an hour hanging out after the show. So uh, thanks for everyone hanging out. It's been a great, crazy day. I've been on the go all day. You really, I did a, I did a live earlier today. I know Rich was trying to get in, uh, but he couldn't, he couldn't get in there. But I appreciate everyone who I'm was on there. Challenged. Yes, yeah, I appreciate you trying. Appalachian Gunrunner was on there. He says great show tonight, um, and and lots of people enjoyed the conversation actually. Uh, so big thanks to you guys. After that, I actually was on Armed America Radio with uh, Mark Waters. That was that was cool. <laughs> Um, and then I was running around. I was trying to get some stuff done with the van. Did this show that I'm doing? I'm doing uh, DLD after dark. As uh, this is how days go sometimes, you know. Um, and I still feel like I have. So wait, to DLD. His channel is it DLD or is it Darklight Dugan? Which one? Is um, it? is it is it DLD after dark or something like that? He was saying I have no idea. Lola is going to give me a link yeah. after the. Lola says it is. It's DLD after dark and it's Streamyard. Yeah. 
Lola says it's DLD after dark, and uh, I guess he's using StreamYard. Uh, Swamp Dog Armory says, yeah. uh, y'all check out Tusk too. Yes, you know, um, check out Tusk as well for all the folks out there. Um, and Swamp Dog, I said, I guess he's 19 subs from 100. So there you go. Richard Maunder cool. says, good show. Um, uh, Shooting Gallery says, great shows. Thanks, Rich. There you go. Okay, so listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to run in the end, and then Richard Hughes, you're going to give us the words of wisdom on the way out. I'm going to run the end in right now. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs ups, all that kind of good stuff. Um, we're going to rip the audio out of this and put it on your favorite audio podcast like iTunes, etc. So big shout out to everyone who listens to us around the world and here in America. Um, it's DLD, David, Larry, David, <laughs> after dark. I don't know the military things. That's where we're going to be right after this. Um, Rich, what is your, what are your words of wisdom? Uh, my words of wisdom is bring your blue chem light to DLD after dark. And that's Delta Lima Delta. Oh, look at you. Oh, you're just showing off now. Uh, thanks Pilot, to, you know, yeah. Thanks to Barnules. We're out of here. I'll see you guys over, uh, with dark. We're going to do it now. Peace. We're out of here.